What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Treff is back after his one-week hiatus. We live. We live. We we are certainly live. We live, Mitch. (laughs) That should be our that should be a staple, I think. We live, Mitch. It should. That's from there's a whole inside joke to that too that it's not even associated with you. Yeah, you oh, wouldn't wow. get it, Mitchell. It's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't get it. It's not like I haven't heard that one before. Mm-mm. Yeah. Can't wait to hear Shref's uh, sign off at the end as well. Oh, we, true. We missed it last week, so it's I'm prepared. Uh, I'm eagerly awaiting it. It's prepared. Um, but nonetheless, we have a jam-packed show. Lot to get to today. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a, a prequel to Eagles' rant of the week. The Eagles, of course, had a bye in Week 14. Shreff will be giving his where his head's at heading into the week 15 matchup against the Washington football team. The Eagles currently set at six and seven and are just outside the playoff picture, correct? Tied with Washington, but Washington currently is in the is in the wild card spot, but but tied with Washington. Definitely. Well, things are subject to change as they have two matchups uh, left uh, still remaining against Washington. So definitely things are going to be all in flux down the last month of the season here. Uh, We also are going to get to a lot of news and notes uh, around the league. You know, COVID injuries, a lot, lots happened in this past week, certainly. Um, Then I'm going to be asking these guys some, some questions that they don't know what they are. So they're just going to kind of a treat. It's going to be spontaneous, whatever their answer is, because they don't know it ahead of time. And then after that, we'll be talking about some coaches that, could potentially be on the hot seat uh, in a month's time and, you know, whether or not we think they should be fired, whether we think they will be fired and kind of gauging who some potential replacements could be for these guys that, um, that might be getting fired soon. So we get into that. And of course, to round out the show, we'll be giving our locks of the week. We did very, very well last week. Uh, clean, Six and sweep. clean sweep. Sweep. So very good week for the boys. It didn't affect the standings at all because we all moved up to gave ourselves two wins there. So no effect there, but still a very tight race uh, with four weeks to go. All right. Eagles rant of the week, prequel edition. Sheref, what is your adjective of the week? 
Um, we're gonna say mm, we're let's go let's go two words here. We're gonna say cautiously cautiously optimistic. I knew you were gonna say that. I, I, really? that's, that's what I anticipated. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm very cautiously I think that, optimistic. At the I moment. think that's appropriate. Yeah, I think it is too. The the reason why I'm cautiously optimistic. So we'll go right into it. So Sunday, we got Washington. As of now, uh, assuming COVID doesn't ruin anything, I am I am uh, slated to go to the game on Sunday. So very excited for that. So I'll be able to watch our boys real up close and personal. All some real nice takes for you guys next week, just because I'll be there live and in the flesh. But um, generally Washington is not normally an issue for the Eagles. They, they normally tend to play well against Washington. And in terms of what I've been seeing out of Washington the last couple of weeks, I don't, I don't love what I'm seeing out of them. Um, they're, they're still finding ways to win games, but like, they don't seem like a team that down the line is going to be anything to worry about. So I feel good about it. I think it's going to, I don't think this is the most important game though. I think we're still going to have, you got to go play New York one more time which as we saw in the last game against New York, they did not, did not play very well, arguably their worst game of the year. And then you get Dallas again, um, which I don't love. I don't love getting Dallas right now. They're, they're pretty hot right now. So that this game, obviously you still have to be focusing on this game. And I, I feel good about it being at home, I think helps. I think the bye week helped. It definitely helped a lot. You had some guys that were hurt. Hertz was still struggling with an injury. So giving him that extra week helps. I know Sanders was a little shaky. I think he's good to go now. So getting that that rest was definitely good. A late bye week is never fun, but it, I think it came at the right time because this is definitely the hardest, not the hardest stretch they have in terms of competition. But now, like all the like this, the rest of these games are pretty much must win games in my eyes if they want to make the playoffs. But then the debate comes in too: is like, do I want them to make the playoffs? Like if if you guys were in were in these shoes, you're you're in you're in somewhat similar shoes with the Steelers. Like, do you want like do I want them to make the playoffs? 100%. Just because you also have other picks, too. I agree. Right. I agree. I do agree. The, the only issue is the, the picks currently are becoming late. Like, the Dolphins keep winning games. That's true. I, and in my opinion, the Dolphins should probably knock it off because I'm not a huge fan of it. The and the Colts, Colts I, too. Yeah, but the, the Colts, I feel like more people assume they were going to be winning. Like, the Dolphins, I, I, I don't, like, after those first couple games, I was like, the Colts, the Colts were losing games at the beginning, but they were all like, they're like, everyone knew they were going to kind of turn it around eventually. The Dolphins, they started losing games. And I was like, oh, perfect. It's another like classic Dolphin season. And now they, now they're winning games. But, I, I do agree that having the other two picks makes it makes it not as like crazy if they do make the playoffs. It's more of just the fact of I know if they do get in, it's going to be as a as a as a like one of the last seeds, and you're going to have to go up, up, up against a let's say a, a Green Bay or a or a Tampa Bay or something like that, and that's just not something that I think is going to work out in the Eagles' favor. My answer to that question is always going to be yes. I know the Steelers are most likely going to need a quarterback at the end of the season. And if we do make the playoffs and win a game in the playoffs and advance there, our pick is going to be, you know, worse. And our chances of potentially drafting one are going to be lower. Mm-hmm. However, I, I don't really care. I think if you get in, the NFL is, um, things change. And especially mm-hmm. now, we're going to get into it in a second here, but with COVID, you never know. Get into the playoffs and it, if it's it's always going to be worth it, I think that opportunity is just something that you know. I, I, I maybe it's a, I have a different perspective because the Steelers haven't had a losing season since I was five. 
So I've never, we haven't yet, I mean, we may soon be in a position where we may be looking at, okay, maybe we want to get a higher draft pick and could be in that middling section of the NFL standings. Mm -hmm. However, I'm always going to say go for it, and especially in the Eagles case when you have other picks to also utilize. Yeah. Um, and I know the Dolphins, I mean, that's a bummer. I mean, they start off one and seven. Yeah, it's, it's one five straight. So that kind of yeah. sucks for you. However, I, it's not going to be enough. Uh, there's still going to be a I agree. team that's not making the playoffs. So you're still looking at a top 12 top 15, to 15 Yeah, pick. top 15 pick. I, I, you know, Mitchell, you you sold me. I'm rooting for the Eagles to make the playoffs. It's official. Because the, 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 the other aspect that I did forget, forget about is the fact that if Howie Roseman has a later pick in the first round, that'll make me less upset if it if it's a swing and a miss. Yeah, if, if we had like the like if we had like the sixth pick and he and he ruined it, I'd be really upset at him. If it it you know you know if it's like the twenty first pick and, it, and we miss on it, then oh well, I'll, I'll survive. That that too, and just having a plethora of assets in the draft, especially uh, in the first round and second round, gives you a lot of options. If they really fall in love with a top five prospect. You can utilize yeah. them to go and get them. Yeah. So it just gives you a lot of options. So yep. I wouldn't really worry about the draft capital. I agree. Okay, you sold me, Mitchell. Good job. There we go. Draft's back. Mm-hmm. All right. There's a little prequel to the Eagles rant of the week. I'm, uh, it's that's cool you're going to the game. I'm excited to hear that perspective. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. As long as it goes well. If it doesn't go well, then I actually. If it doesn't go well, then then I'll I'll be like in even more of a ranting mood. So. You guys, actually, for the might show. Be, you guys actually might be rooting for the Eagles to lose. Well, I'm always that, but that's true. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. <laughs> However, I will say this, you know, Jack and I definitely have our fair share of criticisms for Eagles uh, fans, but I'd say you are top three, definitely most uh, sensible <laughs> Eagles fans. I know. I think that's yeah. definitely fair to say. Thank you. I appreciate it. That, that you know, that really means a lot coming from you guys. Shout out the other two. Who are the other two? Yeah, there's, you're not thinking many, of? there's not many of them, so you're definitely in rare company. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say Ryan Rugel, definitely a very uh, logical and uh, realistic Eagles fan. Our two Jeopardy champs. Definitely, he's uh, he's always. If the team's playing bad, he'll say it. If the, he thinks they're going to do well, he'll say it. It's, it's never. I think it's definitely coming from a place of uh, objectivity so we need one more you said top three i mean you know what i'd say uh my girlfriend's dad uh shout out to mitch fun fact for ref i don't know if but my, my girlfriend has her dad and brother are also named mitchell we live mitch we live mitch there we live mitches uh <laughs> he uh he is also very sensible as well um he'll call them out when when they're not playing well and I'd say, you know, Ryan and Mitch, they're definitely, they're probably even more pessimistic where I feel like the Eagles fans are always like, yeah, we can, I don't know. I do. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I really, I really appreciate where you guys come from, all three of you. So that's why I'd say those are probably the top three cent- most sensible Eagles fans in, in my yeah. mind. It is, it is kind of weird to think about how, how a lot of Eagles fans are like the most optimistic people ever. Like that glass is always half full, but then you, you think about it, at least in terms of my lifetime, it's, it's been aside from that Super Bowl year, it's been, it's been pretty much nothing but, but disappointment in our hearts getting ripped out. So I don't really, I don't really know where like the, op- where the optimism is coming from. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- maybe I should rephrase that. I wouldn't say Eagles fans are always super unrealistically optimistic i would say 
they're too extreme. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We talked about that the other week, how, like, if, there, if there's a big win, all of a sudden it's, like, Super Bowl contenders, but then you lose one to, like, the Giants, and all of a sudden it's – Like 94-1. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd say you three are the, – the, a good way to describe you is even-keeled. There we go. Um, not get too high after wins, not get super down after losses. Sure. Um, you're realistic, and I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. Because I think all it's right. few and far between in the Philadelphia fan base. Are we here bottom three? Maybe, maybe next episode. I have to think about that because there's that's there's a ton to choose from for that. So that would be uh, there's a large pool. Definitely gonna have to prepare for that one. Kieran. Anyway, we're gonna move on to the news and notes. There's definitely a lot to get to. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, COVID has ran through the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna butcher this uh, tweet. I think it was from Ian Rappaport, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If you do happen to know it, there were. 110 positive tests through the first 14 weeks of the season. So only 110. Uh, there were 75 on Monday and Tuesday alone. Not mm. good. Not good. Hmm. What do you guys think? How will the league handle this? It's getting eerily similar to last year at certain points, especially I know the Titans had that outbreak. I think the Ravens had that outbreak at, at one point along last year. Yeah. How will this affect the remainder of the season, and how do you guys foresee the league addressing this? Because um, it definitely could be a concern. Hmm. Will they test more frequently? I don't. Do you guys know how often the they get tested now? I'm not sure. The the vaccinated players I thought are just like once a week or something like that, but I think the unvaxxed players are getting daily testing still. If I'm not mistaken. I think that's correct. Um. Either way, though, I think it's like I think they've come too far to to reverse track now. Like they've they've played almost a full season with full capacity, all that stuff. And I mean, they've been doing a fine job with the with the players that have gotten COVID. But as you said, it's been kind of few. I mean, if I'm doing the math right, you said 140 in the first 14 weeks, or 100. I saw 110. 110. 110 in the first 14 weeks. So you're looking at what what's that? 14. 14 guys, 10 a week like 10 a week and like that's among 32 teams so like it was very few and far between um with this many guys it's tough i mean I, I the only way that i see them having to make like a drastic change is if it gets to a point where a team like doesn't have enough guys to like field a full like 11 on offense 11 on defense type of thing yeah i feel like at this point unless that happens they're just going to send them out there and tell them tell i'm them the out. same boat as Shreff. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I um, If they didn't cancel any games last year, I know they did some shifting around of the schedule. If that didn't happen last year, I just think there's no way it happens this year. No chance. They're in, a, they're in a much better place to kind of deal with it. Yeah. No, games definitely won't be canceled. I mean, maybe we might, we might see a reschedule, but I don't even think that. I think they're just going to – you just got to elevate guys off the practice squad and yeah. deal with win. it. When it's this late in the season, they're not going to yeah. change. But it, 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 if we do want to talk about the biggest negative, fantasy playoffs, what a tough time for this. Right. Time. Like, you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that, that was also a thought of mine as well. Uh, as someone who's eyeing for a dynasty championship that I've come so close to, but yet so far away. Um, I was bracing myself, you know, yesterday when they kind of said, oh, whatever, 75 players have tested positive in the past two days. I'm like, oh, great. 
I'm waiting for the announcement. Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Keenan. Uh, just your entire team. Yeah, Kyler Murray are all tested positive. I'm like, oh, I'm just bracing myself for that. Um, I, From what I saw, though, I don't think there are that many fantasy relevant players. Um, that, um, Baker Mayfield, but Darrell I don't know Henderson just him. Darrell Henderson today was not activated off the list, so he, uh, he officially can't play. Okay. He can't play this Sunday. He can't play this Sunday. He 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 had to have gotten taken off the the list today, and he was not. Really? Yeah. Why? Don't know. I don't know if he's still sick or what's going on. Is he unvaccinated? It. I don't know if it's. I mean, he was also kind of hurt though. I think so. They could be using that as like a loophole just to keep him out for. I don't know, but like they could because I mean, when Ben had it, he was elevated off. Like he got cleared su- Saturday before the Sunday night game, and like T.J. Watt last or a couple weeks ago, him on Saturday as well. So maybe they are using that. Yeah, he he was the only injury. he was the only notable one that I really saw in terms of fantasy relevance. Right, but he was also, I mean, yes, it, it, you're right. It's kind of not ideal for the fantasy playoffs, but he was also out last week. I'm just he was that, that that's why I also that's probably part of the reason why they didn't take him off the list. It was just I noticed it. I was like, oh, well, that's a shame considering it's not great finding out on Monday that you're not going to have a guy for your playoffs. Like at least you know, at least give me some hope during the week. <laughs> right. No, I'd rather just know, I guess, so I can prepare. I guess so. Um. All right. Yeah. So well, that'll certainly be a uh, developing story um, throughout the next couple of weeks here. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, definitely a lot of injuries to get to, as it always is. You know, players always get hurt. James Conner uh, hurt his ankle on the last drive of the game last week he had a fantastic game on monday night i think he had 29 fantasy points he scored a touchdown heavily involved in the passing game however he hurt his ankle on the last drive he got an mri i don't know if the results are in but i know he did not practice today do you guys have any updates on james connor that i didn't already say because i don't know that's as far as i know yeah yeah so James Conner, I think he's the RB6, so he's having a really fantastic year. Could say it's his best one of his career. Definitely. Uh, It is. The other crazy thing to think is, like, he, you have a team of Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, all these guys, and the heartbeat of their team this this season has been James Conner. It's crazy. Yeah. Who would have foreseen that? See, 14 rushing touchdowns in the year. Crazy. I didn't know he could catch like that. I I was talking to, uh, to, to our good roommate, Alex Templin, during the game, and, oh, he can um, catch. I, I, well, it was that. I, I guess I, I knew he could catch out of the backfield, but they're, they're like lining him up as like a slot receiver. Yeah, and he leads the league in one-handed catches. There you go. But he yeah. ran a route on Monday that looked fantastic. It was like a whip route. He ran a slant, and it was a sharp cut out. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. It was, it was like, like he, I mean, Jackie, I know you were saying it too. He just, he just needs to be healthy. As soon as he's healthy, he's good to yeah. go. It's just like, I mean, that's been, that's been his Achilles heel the past, whatever, four years that he yeah. just couldn't stay healthy. And that's why the Steelers presumably moved on from him. I still wish we didn't as, I mean, as much as I love Najee, I still wish we went O-line in the first round and then Javante and kept James Conner to have that backfield. Oh, Javante and James Conner, what a nasty I mean, backfield. James Conner is on such a cheap deal with Arizona. We could have I could have gotten him for like a couple million, not like a couple million a year. Nothing not even, like, or even just a one year deal if you wanted. Yeah. To. He's on a one year deal now. So yeah, I, 
approve a deal already. You could have said yeah. So I still wish we did that. I mean, he's fantastic. I love we love James Conner, but uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly rooting for him always. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry, Jack, but he has been shut yeah. down for the regular season uh, due to a leg injury. They expect him to be back for the postseason. How are you feeling? Why don't you tell Hogland Nation the trade you made a few weeks ago and um, how you're feeling now? Uh, well, I traded Hopkins to get Hopkins. I gave Connor and Allen Robinson and a 2024 second round rookie pick. Um, which this sucks. I really needed Hopkins because my lineup going into the playoffs would have been Dak, Chubb, Gibson, Hunt, DJ Moore, Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey, which I would be very pleased with. Now I'm going to have to replace Hopkins with probably Cole Beasley. Um, which hey, Cole Beasley deserves deserves a playoff start on my fantasy team. Um also got to replace Hunt, probably. He's not gonna play this week. Um I I don't know. I'm not 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 very optimistic about my team. Um sucks for Hopkins. He's been hampered with injury kind of the past couple weeks I and mean, this was his first healthy week or he played two weeks after missing i think four um it sucks uh, i think that i mean i'm optimistic for him next year i mean he's out for the rest of the regular season and the cardinals are hopeful he'll be back for the playoffs but for for the sake of uh for fantasy purposes i imagine like, he's too good i imagine him just still having a good year next year which i'm i am riding on i'm i'm hoping for yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it was a move you had to make. You had to make a move to uh, bolster your wide receiver depth for sure. Um, Cole Beasley, you know, in all likelihood, shouldn't lose you the week, but he's not really a high upside play either. So hopefully he can kind of put you with solid numbers and the rest of your guys can um, really step it up in his absence. Josh Allen sprained his foot on Sunday. Um, he is considered day-to-day. Have you guys heard any updates on him? I think from what I've read, he is probably going to play. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got an yeah. update, but that's probably one of those ones where he'll practice on like Thursday. It'll be good to go. But um the Bills need to figure it out. That's really all I gotta say about the Bills. Yeah, I mean they're sitting at seven and six. I think they're still they would be the seventh seed, I believe, if it ended today. So they are still in the playoff picture, but like you said, it's um it's getting pretty dire at this point. Yeah, they need Josh healthy for sure. Right. Yeah, so he'll probably play. They take on the Panthers this week, so it could be a get-right game for Buffalo, hopefully for them. I am going against uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, though, so mm. for my sake, I hope they don't get right this game. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, I almost had a heart attack on Sunday. I was not watching the second half of the game, but I got an alert from Adam Schefter saying that uh, Austin Eckler could not put any weight on his uh, ankle. And I'm like, well, there goes my chances of uh, winning the championship. However, um, I was relieved to hear that Brandon Staley said that it was uh, essentially no big deal. He is a practice and also another thing that contributed to my fears is the fact that the chargers play tomorrow on a very short week i'm like yeah. oh yeah well, they do. he's probably not going to play that. on thursday however he did practice in limited fashion uh yesterday and today he's considered a game time decision however uh he yeah. is 
also considered likely to play barring a pre uh, pre-game setback. So Austin Eckler looks like he should be good to go. And uh, I'm very happy about that. Very happy as well. I also have him in a, in a league that I'm good in. So I, that's very helpful for me. Yeah. I forgot they were on a short week too. Yeah, it was, it was a real bummer. I was pretty, uh, pretty upset on Sunday night. However, um, relieved on Monday. So it's, things are looking good as of now. Last one I have written down here is Aaron Rodgers. He's been dealing with a toe injury for a few weeks now. Um, and he said on the Pat McAfee show that, that he does not anticipate uh, this injury preventing him from suiting up in any game this year. However, you know, it's just something to, he's going to have to deal with. And it has not affected his play whatsoever, though. Mm-mm. I mean, no, he, they've been on it. They've been on a tear these last few weeks. He put together a fantastic performance on Sunday night versus the Bears. And uh, him and Devontae Adams really, really went off. He's pretty good at football. Do you guys have any other injuries that I forgot? I think that's pretty much the major ones I kind of uh, thought of. Jack, is your rib healed? My rib? Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it's I not. I forgot about your rib. It's it's really not healed. So <laughs> <laughs> I I think I injured my rib. I don't, did I ever ribs? Did I talk about this on the on here before? You were, you talked about the original injury, I believe. Okay, I hurt my ribs in flag football class. Um like the last week of October and it really hurt. <laughs> um, it wasn't, I didn't break any ribs, but I had a rib contusion. So they were just badly bruised. And I, my original diagnosis was that it'd be better in a couple of weeks. It really, it's not really a set time. And I figured since I got my bionic human, I'd be back in like two, but really not. I think I returned to playing at like a month later I mean, even then, I like even now, I still feel it. Like it's not um, all the way healed, I guess. But like I, I'm still working out lightly almost every day. Um, just not like in the gym as I used to be. But yeah, I guess that's the status of my ribs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's really lingered. Honestly, it's probably my fault. Like I didn't. Maybe I just didn't rest long enough that they still. Like it doesn't really hurt. I could just still kind of feel it a little bit, but I don't know. I'm back. I'll be back gradually. Mm-hmm. Fantasy owners are uh, anxiously awaiting for Jack's return. So I'm glad you could provide them with an update. Um, so there you go. There's the status report. Yeah, I, I, I neglected Jack's injury. So thanks for bringing it up, Shref. Glad yep. we got the uh, the status report. Yeah, we needed that. Yeah. It is time for some surprise questions for Jack and Shref. Um, we're going to kind of go rapid fire here, and they're kind of going to just say their answers uh, off the dome. So here we go. First question. Who should be the top five picks in seasonal fantasy drafts in 2022? Oh, man. In your opinion. Okay. This is going to be number one's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean Taylor's going to have to be one, I think, going into next year. Um, off the top of my head, I think I think Henry and probably still McCaffrey are still top five picks, right? Henry, Henry, definitely. Yeah, Henry and Taylor, definite. I think. Uh, I mean, I guess you still got to put Dalvin. Yeah. It's tough. There's a lot of good guys. Dalvin and Kamara, too. Yeah. 
Oh man. And yeah, then, like the, the top, like the first like three, I feel like are pretty easy. And then the four and five, I feel like you could interchange a bunch of guys. Like I'm even thinking like a, like a Chubb could be like a, like a number five. Over I Chubb. I think Najee. Yeah. I think Najee could be up. There I think too, Najee I think, over Chubb. I think it's already pretty obvious though that Taylor's probably going to be the one, one in most leagues. At least it seems that way. So, yeah, I mean, all running backs, I mean, would you take all these running backs over cup too? I don't know if I would. But who's to say Cup's going to repeat this? You know, I agree. That's it, that's tough to make that claim that he's going to repeat this. I don't I know think, if I'd pick. I don't know if I'd pick Cup at like five. But if if I'm sitting at like seven or eight and he's there, I don't know if uh, it would, it would be pretty hard for me to pass up a guy we just talked about, Nelson Eckler. Oh, I agree with Eckler. He's too. the RB two on the season. He he is so involved in the passing game, and. Uh, I don't know. I th- I think it it'd be hard to pass him. I think he's got to be in the top five, whether he's. It definitely or... depends on your league too. If you're going PPR, then Eckler's for sure a top five pick. I mean, he was, he was almost a top. He was like a top ten ish pick this year, and he's mm-hmm. done nothing but absolutely yeah. provide value on that pick. So as long as he's healthy, he's he's consistent. Exactly. Right. So I don't know if I have a definite order, but I think I would probably go Taylor. Henry, I would honestly pick Eckler third, and I'd probably okay pick I'd pick McCaffrey fourth. It'd be a little bit of a risk, but I'm still gonna go with McCaffrey because I know he's had some health concerns. Five. There's just so many options here at five. You're left with because you can have you still go Dalvin, Cup, Najee, Dalvin, Kamara. I would I'd go. Get... I would go either Kamara or Cup. Okay. Um, but then shortly after that, Najee's got to be right knocking on the door, in my opinion. And Dal, I mean, when Dalvin's had great games. <laughs> it, it's so hard. It's tough. Definitely going to be a lot of good guys and um, exciting first round next year. Speaking of Cooper Cup, he's my next question. I ask it in our Dynasty group chat, Jack, but will Cooper Cup break the single season catch and or receiving yardage record this year? Currently, he has 118 catches for 1,489 yards. And in order to break the records, he needs 150 catches and 1,965 yards. There's four games remaining. I think yes. I guess too. Because largely because, not largely because, but part of the reason I'm saying yes so definitely is that these next four games, I see them being competitive and they're not going to – you know, stick to their run game a lot, especially with Henderson out this week. So um, and they got the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens, and the Niners. So, like, all those can be high-scoring games that are come down to the wire. Um, yeah. And I think the closer he gets, the more they're going to force-feed it to him, more than they already are. So, yeah, I was, I was going to say, just to, if you want to stat to back it up, I think they said it last night on the game. He, I think, has a 31% target share, which is the highest out of any – like anyone in the NFL. So like he's a very high volume guy. So in terms of catches, I'm not worried about that at all. And the yards have been coming. Like, I mean, what, what did he have on, on Monday? Was that like 13 catches for like yeah. 140 or something like that? It was something like, I mean, he's, he, he is legitimately, especially with Henderson out and a limited, like not a limited run game, but you can tell they don't, they don't lean on Michelle as much as they did with Henderson. But I mean, cups, cups, their guy. That's really all like Odell's kind of turned into, I'd say more of like a red zone thread. It seems so in terms of working your way up the field, Cup's their guy. 
just for another reference point, Cup has averaged 8.7 catches per game. Thus far, he needs to average nine in order to break the record. And he has averaged 114 yards per uh, game, and he needs to average 118.8 yards per game. So he's right there. Very doable. He's right there. Um, But, yes, it's going to take a slight uptick in his averages. But What's his yardage – or, sorry, his touchdown total? I believe he has 11. He's 11 or 12. Forget. So he's not going to break that because I don't – I don't know how anyone's going to break Randy Moss's receiving touchdown no. record. It's going to be that 27. I think so. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> absurd. Um, maybe now with 17 games, but even still, that's, that's a, that's going to be a tough one to, to come yeah. close to. Yeah, it is. All right. Next. So you guys are both going yes for both catches and yards. Okay. Yeah. Huge. That would be, that would be one of the best seasons ever. That'd be insane. Be really cool. Next question. Tom Brady will stop playing football in what year and how many Super Bowls he will he retire with? We have seven right now or six? Currently is six. Oh, man. I have it. Jack has his answer. I have my, I have my Super Bowl number. I don't know if I have my year number yet, though. I have my year. Jack, go first. Um... 2037. I'm going to say seven Super Bowls, 2024. Seven Super Bowls, 2025. 2025. Wow. I was going to say seven, 2023. Yeah, but I'm done. I'm done with this whole he's done after this. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done counting him out. I'm just giving him four more years. Let's go. Four more years. Four years he wins one. He's... The Bucks are still a very good team. Um, I mean, I I don't even want to say it, but you have to imagine at some point his play is going to decline, right? It has to. It just like has I, to. I used to say he declined because, like, he had maybe, like, a slightly down year in, what, like, 2019? Yeah, I don't know. But I – he's shown no decline. He's like, shown no – the way I'm thinking about it is, is I think I think he gets one more within these next, like, three years. And then I think after that is when it maybe starts to go downhill. So the, the way you're, the way you seem to be thinking, Jack, are you thinking like a, like a ride off into the sunset, like, like finishes with one more ring and then calls it. Um, or you think he wins another one within like, like this year, next year. I think he'll win one within this year, next year. Gotcha. I don't think he's going to ride off to the sunset. I don't think he's going to ride off the sunset either. I think he's, he's too, com- he's he too competitive. It, he said it I before. Agree. He's going to play until he sucks. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to suck. It hasn't happened yet, so I don't know. It, like he, 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 he win MVP this year. He's yeah. a favorite. He's a favorite MVP right now. After that game against Buffalo, I would say it's. It, I would say he's not clearly the favorite, but definitely probably the favorite right now. He'd be 48 years old in 2025. Yeah, he said he wanted to play till 50. Oh, he should just do crap. it. He could. It seems that way. At least he's not. If he's not slowing down now, I don't know when he's going to. And physically not so down. See those runs on Sunday? Dude, he was flying around the field. Which rookie quarterback from the 2021 draft class will have the best career? Mm. The answer would have been pretty obvious about seven months ago. But now, I don't know if it's obvious. Well, are we going Are we going best career in terms of, like, personal accolades or best career in terms of, like, wins and championships? Up to you. All, all encompassing. Oh, man. 
Okay, well, I'll split like in, in terms of well, Trevor Lawrence was the obvious answer, but that man is currently wasting away in a in a land of um of of bad things. Um, his head coach is incompetent, um, and the team doesn't show any sign of like getting rid of him. So until then, I don't think Trevor Lawrence can be that answer right now. I mean, it, the answer has to be Mac right now, right? I think I agree. the de- the The definite answer is Mac. Um, I think I still think a close second is Trevor Lawrence because I Urban Meyer has to be gone this year. I, I hope to. I hope we get into it later. Well, I think we, we will. Um, he's good. He's I don't see him lasting after this year, which I hope it's not too late because I feel like this has happened before where quarterbacks get stuck in a bad situation. Who am I thinking of? Maybe Sam Darnold. I don't know, but and I mean, they're kind. I mean, making, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen after Josh Rosen too, and then they're kind of ruined. I really hope this doesn't happen with Lawrence because he's so good. Yeah. Um, so. I'm still rooting hard for Trevor Lawrence. And once Urban Meyer is gone, I think he like that's why he's a somewhat close second to me. But Tre- Mac Jones, yeah, it's just that system is it's Unreal. hard to not it's hard to not fail on that unless you're I mean, washed up Cam Newton. Like I mean, it's, when you're the when when the team that you're playing for is able to go out and run a and run an a, a navy style offense. Yeah. And beat and beat what what most would consider to be like a top five football team in the NFL, yeah. like handily. I don't. It, it's hard not to say Mac Jones is who's going to have the most successful career. Right. It's just that very interesting how things have changed over yeah, since quick. since draft time. So really quick. Yeah. Yo, what's up all... with Trey Lance? Sorry to cut you off. Like, is he hurt Kyle, or is Kyle he just Shanahan? Still... Kyle Shanahan is what's up with Trey Lance. He, is he is he not? He's not hurt. He's back to being fully healthy now. It's just at a point where Garoppolo, I guess, has been good enough to warrant that. Yeah. That's going to be another big like. Trey Lance is going to get to that because like Jimmy G's still what like 29, 30? Like if 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 Shanahan wants him there, Lance is going to be riding the bench for the foreseeable future. So they they got to make a decision quick on that once the season's over. Yeah, I mean Garoppolo, he has honestly played decent like decently, and I hate to admit that, but he has seven eight weeks, but. Um, yeah, he's holding them off for now. So we'll see how that continues to go. And I guess the remainder of the season, if they get into the playoffs right now, it looks like they may, but we'll see how that goes. All right. That's all the questions I have for you guys, but we were kind of talking had, about, I thought you had like six questions. He said five and ended up being four. Yeah. The Brady one was kind of two questions in one. I only came up with four. We're going to, okay. we're going to continue here. I thought we had three Oh, no, there's four. Okay, I lost count. Cool. Very natural transition, though, as we kind of talked about Urban Meyer a little bit, and we're going to be talking about some coaches on the hot seat. So it's very fitting that he came up in our conversation. I think it's appropriate to start with him because, in my opinion, he should never even been hired. No. And- I cannot tell you the disdain I have for this man. I've said it all <laughs> along. Yeah. It started when they drafted Travis Etienne. No disrespect to Travis Etienne, but that was the stupidest pick in the history of the NFL draft. It's up there. Urban Meyer. I mean, there are so many things wrong with this. <laughs> Most recently, that actually just happened. Uh, I wouldn't consider it my random breaking news segment of the of the episode, which Shref last week. Uh, what was it, Jack? What was my la- a random breaking news last week? 
Uh, oh, I for- oh, was it? It was the Dan, Dan-, Dan Carlson. Daniel got- Carlson, Raiders yeah. kicker, got extended. That was my random breaking news. And the one, <laughs> like and the one before that was Phil Lindsay got claimed by Miami off waivers. So hopefully we get a random breaking news um, here. I'll keep my eye out for something too. Okay, good. However, this is not this came through earlier today, but Josh Lambeau, former kicker of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, said that Urban Meyer kicked him during practices in August and said, hey, bleep, make your bleeping kicks. So that happened. He also uh, he he also refers to kickers and punters as kicker and punter. He doesn't use their name. Kicker, punter, or other certain insults. Yeah. There's that. There he was... also, sorry, just to follow up with that, when Lambo had tried to address him on the whole kicking incident, Meyer said to him, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the expletive I want. <laughs> like this the guy? Head ball coach. The head ball coach is just a great thing to call him. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> he also allegedly had uh, his assistant coach coaches in the room and referred to them as losers and himself as a winner and we all know about the incident earlier in the year when uh a young lady was um in the vicinity of him yep she was around him he was around him and what about benching benching james robinson for fumbling one time i don't i don't want to get into what about that's just too upsetting what about um the press conference earlier this week when they asked him about one of his players getting more snaps and he said I, he said I, he's, he's been getting some more sap, snaps recently so you know we're excited for him and he, he had zero snaps what yeah. about him uh getting to a screen match and arguing with the nicest player in the world <laughs> in marvin jones wow yeah. we're just really pouring what about <laughs> what about him at the end of the titans game going up and, and acting like he didn't see mike rabel and giving <sighs> him the, the the most limp handshake of all time that was my no eye one. contact either i think i'm out business. Do we have anything else? I think I'm out. I, I think we covered everything. There's definitely actually more, but like There's I don't, have, any, don't have anything on the top of my head. <laughs> so I have two things here to say um, before we get into the answering the questions, should he be fired and will he be fired, which I think it's obviously going to be unanimous. The double yes. I think I, I heard this theory on the radio this morning. I think that he is trying to get fired. Yeah, because he wants to go back to college. I was thinking about that today. Because if he if he if he quits, he doesn't get paid. But if they fire him, he gets paid. Yeah. So he's trying his best to actually get fired. He's doing well. He's doing a great job of it. He is. And also, uh, going back to the Andre Cisco thing, that was the player that he That's didn't know was, played yeah. zero snaps. I also heard on the radio that they 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 were wishing that a member of the media would make up a name and see it, if he it, even. It would have worked. Was a member of his team or not? Hundred percent would have worked. No doubt about it. it I, I think that I don't know if uh, I mean I would do it, but I, I feel like that's like too unprofessional to do. It is for, too like, unprofessional, but oh, but, like just do it. It would work. <laughs> like it would hundred percent work. I have no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah, you would definitely lose your credentials. However, I think it would be worth it. Yeah. Percent. <laughs> so, I guess we don't even have to say it, but Easy. the answer. I'm. But whenever we talk about these coaches, I'm going to ask you guys the question. Should they be fired and will they be fired? Yeah. And the answer is a resounding yes. For both. Resounding yes to both. He, he's so bad. <laughs> what a disaster. Like, not even as a coach. Like he's just, he's just a bad guy. He's like yeah. not a good person. 
uh, Jack and I, I mean, I don't know how often Jack listens, but I listen to this podcast uh, fairly regularly that they're Jags fans. And they were obviously very excited when Urban Meyer was named the coach. And I, I called in and I said at the beginning of the year, I think the season had started, but I was saying how Urban Meyer was going to be in the hot seat at the end of the year. And they laughed me off. The show. <laughs> it was one where you can kind of leave voicemails and they were, like saying that, they were saying that's ridiculous, but yes, I kind of want to. You should. Anyway, next guy I have written down here is David Culley, coach of the Houston Texans. He is also a first-year head coach. The Texans are 2-11 and 11 at this point. Nothing has really – I mean, I wouldn't say nothing has gone right. I mean, that is also true, but I also would say that this is pretty much how everything I expected Houston yeah. to be. So nothing too shocking. However, I mean, I don't know if David Culley is the right guy for this job. Uh, he was kind of the last coach hired because no one really wanted to take the Houston job, so they didn't really have their pick of guys anyway. And it seemed like he kind of just got thrown in there. He didn't really have any head coaching experience. Um, so with all that being considered, what do you guys think about the situation? So this, this is a tough one because, like, that, the way I think about the Texans, like, this, all this is, like, this season, this is just, like, the fruition of, like, what they've done over the last couple of years that has led to this. Like, if you're going to let all your top players walk, not walk, but you're going to trade away your best players, your former head coach was a control freak who had way too much say in certain things. And the Watson thing, obviously, that's Watson's problem to deal with, but it obviously it, it hurts the Texans. But so, like, I, I, think, I think he will be fired, Coley, but I don't know if he necessarily should be just because of the fact, like, that this team is just there, – there's no one on this team. Like they have no one. They have no. They have no picks still, if I'm not mistaken. Like not. Yeah, really they got a first easy. next year. Oh, they do have a first next year. Okay, they didn't so have any this finally, year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're finally working their way up in the world. But they're like it. It's so not unfair to judge them after this year, but it it just feels like that. Their their current head coach, considering what what they've seen, shouldn't be the top of their concern at the moment. Uh, I agree with kind of what you said. I think he will get fired. And to the question that should he get fired, I originally said yes, but after Streff made his po- that point, like I don't think for his sake he deserves to get fired. But I think as an from an organization standpoint, I think they should get a new probably coach. Probably want a new guy. I agree. Yeah, I think because after this year, something's got to happen on Deshaun Watson. Whether he's yeah. I don't know he's back on the Texans. If he's off the Texans, like a decision will be made this off season. So I kind of envision them moving on from Deshaun Watson, whatever that may be. Uh, so I could just kind of see them, you know, taking their, their high draft pick new head coach um, and just kind of doing this whole rebirth of the Texans, just, you know, as an organization, mm-hmm. maybe go after an urban Meyer. I don't know. Oh, hello. <laughs> I, I, I said yes to both questions. Um, it's not really fair to him. However, yeah. it just, I just think it's just beneficial if everyone just kind of got a, a fresh start here. I agree. I don't know if any coach would be able to succeed with this roster, even Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Like, I don't even think that they would, they'd probably win a few more games, but honestly, like how many more games could this team really win uh, considering the, they're completely void of talent? on all aspects. So it's not really fair for him. 
However, I just, you know, I didn't really see him as a long-term solution anyway. I'm not even sure if they saw him as a long-term solution anyway either. But, you know, I just think it's, you know, like you said, best to kind of cut ties and start anew. And, you know, not for nothing, the, the Watson thing has, I don't know how much they're thinking about it on a daily basis, but they probably are. But like Jack said, it should be resolved and um, kind of provide more clarity and direction. Um, so kind of going from there. Next guy I have written down is Rich Bisecchia, inter interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Clearly, the Raiders have dealt with a lot this season between John Gruden and Henry Ruggs. Um, and it's kind of coming uh, off the wheels. I don't know if that's the right expression, but they're the season is getting off, off the, the rails. rails, not yeah. wheels. What am I saying? Their season is getting derailed. Mm. Uh, they got manhandled by the Chiefs this past weekend, and uh, they're on the outside looking at the playoff picture. Will uh, their interim head coach get fired, and should he? Um, this is similar to Cole. Uh, I'm going to get yes and yes. Um, the main thing I think is, is, is he – was he defensive court? What was his role before, before becoming head coach? I don't know. I'll find that out for you. Um, but I don't know if he was a D I want to know if he was a defensive or offensive guy. Cause I think the number one thing at this point, you have, you have playmakers on offense. Like you had like Derek Carr has always been like maybe a middle of the road QB, but has upside Waller's a top three tight end in the league. You got Jacobs and Kenyon Drake went healthy. Like you have guys, you just, you need a coach that's going to be able to get the best out of their skill sets. Cause I mean, you guys will probably agree. There's, there's weeks where they've come out this year and looked really good on offense, but there's, there's certain weeks where they come out and they, they just look flat. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, they're just completely flat. So I, I, I would hopefully like to see an offensive minded head coach get hired there. Uh, I agree. Yes. And yes. I think only way an interim head coach stays is if they do a resounding job, but what are they since Gruden's been gone? I think they're like Bad. one in five, like, and I think they're one the, win. Was there one win the first game he was gone? Uh, was he? I feel like I, feel I look like at the schedule now. Was Gruden the coach? Was Gruden still there when they played the Eagles? Gruden got Gruden got. I'm trying to think what week it was. I ah, I don't know. Whatever we were watching a Monday night game when it happened. we were. I, yeah, I can't think of what Monday night game. So was it Colts Ravens. I yeah, that sounds right. But I don't know what week that was. I'm just looking at our last six games. Are one and five. Uh, before like two and five, two and six, like I mean, so they're not, they're not doing. Yeah, great. he hasn't done a good enough job to warrant getting brought back. And again, not not really any much fault to him. There's a lot going on in in Vegas yeah. with the Raiders, and it's. I think I I always thought this roster was not great to begin with, and I always uh, applauded Gruden for his work as a coach. But I mean, that's can't do that anymore no. because I always thought he elevated this roster like far past its potential. Um, but yeah, they're just not, not doing well. So I, he's not going to be back. And yeah, the whole, as you said too, similar, similar thing to the Texan situation that we just described, just a whole new culture change type thing. I think the Raiders need it too. Yeah. He was the, the assistant head coach slash special teams coordinator. Okay, so he doesn't really have a background in terms of offense or defense. I I, I just think their their offense. It, like, I feel like it's been the same case every year where like Derek Carl have those flashes, but overall like it, their their offense just isn't 
like exciting. They don't, they don't like push the ball down the field too much. I mean, when Ruggs was there, they did a little bit, but they, they, they just need to revamp the offense. Cause, cause Derek Carr has been sitting there in, in that sort of like limbo zone of like, we're kind of good, but not very good. And I feel like they're wasting what could be a, a, a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I, I would certainly be excited to see what Derek Carr can do with a more offensive mind. Um, so I'm right there with you. Yes and yes for me. It's extremely hard for an interim head coach to stick around, as Jack said. Mm. Matt Nagy. Mm. Thoughts? There's so much I could say about this man. He's definitely he's got to be gone, right? Another now. yes and yes. It's, it's a yes and yes. He he is he is the most incompetent football coach in the league right now. <laughs> and I, I'd like, and I mean, like, I don't, Urban Meyer, I, I don't even like Urban Meyer in, in my eyes doesn't even like count as a head football coach right now in the NFL. So I'm, I'm only looking at the other 31 teams, Matt Nagy. I mean, just for example, like we, me, Jack, and a few others went to the Steelers bears game uh, the, a few weeks ago. And like, just, just an example of it. Like you, you're, you're in end of the fourth, you're, you're driving down the field a little bit. You're running out of time. So your options are you either let fields throw like a 50 yard Hail Mary, something like that, or you trot out your kicker to kick a 55 yarder, 65, sorry, sorry. A a 65 yarder in the, in the free, not freezing cold, but cold. It's pretty windy away game Steelers crowd. And you're like, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're going to try our kicker out to kick a 65 yarder. And it came up like 15 yards short. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's just clear. He just doesn't understand it. I don't, And like, like I don't know if have you guys been watching his press conferences at post games? No, but I know he says some says some he's, stuff. He he is he is the like Tomlin. I, I always say with Mike Tomlin, he's the best at coach speak, but he he does it in a way where I like it because they they win games and he just he knows how to talk to the press. Yeah. Matt Nagy loses games and come and comes in. And he's just like you know we didn't do you know we didn't do the little things correctly. Like no like <laughs> no 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 dude you, you guys just stink. Like, I don't think like, there's no, there's no little things about this. He's just, he's just incompetent. That, that's the only word I have for him. I agree. Nothing really else to add there. He stinks. He really does. And it, it's just so, it's bizarre how much he's regressed. Cause he started yeah. off. If you remember, he was coach. He's coach of the year. His first year. Made the, made the playoffs two out of his first three years. I want to say. Yeah. They went 11 and five and they were looking really good in 2017. Yep. Uh, then they went eight and eight, missed the playoffs. Then last year they also go at eight and eight, and they make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but not a good year at all. What's their record? Like four and nine. It's bad. And they they don't have a bad like that. They have some playmakers on both sides of the ball. Like they're not like it. It's not like a Texan situation where like the coach yeah. has nothing to work with. Like he he is a. I mean, uh, Fields is obviously young and still figuring it out. But there's someone you can work with there. You have Robinson, who I, I don't know what his deal is anymore. Mooney's. Mooney's become what seems to be a pretty underrated receiver. Montgomery's been a, a top 15 back in the league the last two years. Right. They, you have weapons, and they just, he, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, but you, you have to think he's got to go. I think four years with the regression that he – concerning where he started out, you can't go in this direction. you got to go in Correct. that direction. Or at least stay, at least yeah, stay at least, consistent. Like, stay consistent. This is, uh, this is bad. Remember when Mitchell predicted the Bears to win the North? Did you? I mean, 
<laughs> I know it looks bad now. However, if you remember correctly, I, I want to pat myself on the back. I predicted the Patriots to win the AFC East. So All right. But <laughs> however, don't spin, don't yes, spin this here. It, 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 let me defend myself for a second here. If you think about it, they went eight and eight and made the playoffs last year. And the logical conclusion I drew was I was really high on Justin Fields. And I'm like, he has to be an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky. How are they going to be worse than eight and eight? That was, that was my mind. And yes, that was a bold call for them to go. I think I had them 11 and six. Um, wow. But hey, I mean, yeah, you win some. Hey, you you can't win some. Them all. And uh, that's where I was going with that. Just, I didn't know that it was going to go like this. I never, I never would have envisioned Allen Robinson to be completely useless. Yeah. I mean, considering, I was how, say, like, bad, considering how bad his quarterback play has been, I'm like, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's at least going to be, he was a free eight. He is a free agent in our, uh, in our redraft league, 12 teams. He, yeah, he's it's not crazy. Team. It's crazy. You can't, he's literally unusable. I will give you a break, Mitchell. Cause I, I guess now that I'm like preseason, I guess it was probably fair to say that they, you could argue there was an argument that they had the the second best roster in that division behind Green Bay, probably. They were eight and eight and they made they were a playoff team last year. Yeah. So and considering how high I was on Justin Fields, and I'm definitely not, you know, selling my stock on him. I still think he can salvage his career. It's more I know of a team thing than anything. It's tough. Exactly. It's not it's not off to a good start. I still am very mm-hmm. high on him. However, considering that. I just thought, hey, they're going to take the next step and they're going to make a strong playoff push, and I was wrong. Two more guys here I have uh, to talk about. Matt Rule, a little bit of an interesting one. They fired Joe, Br- uh, Joe Brady, another take I was uh, wrong on. Yeah. <laughs> but will Matt Rule be gone, and would you fire him if you were the uh, owner of the Panthers? This is where it gets tough because I th- – this might be a bold take. I think the, I think the Panthers fired the wrong guy. I think Matt Rule should have been canned, and you, you toss Brady up there as the head coach personally. Because I mean, if you guys remember, like going into this season, he was like the top name as of like as in terms of like assistants who people thought could make their way to a head coaching job. I'm people. You, I'm also people, and I, I think I still might be. I don't know. Now, now it's kind of tough now that he's out of the league. I don't know how he's gonna where he's gonna go from here, but. Uh, I would, mm, I'd probably fire him. I probably would. I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I think that the, uh, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know what kind of say he had in the whole quarterback situation, like their quarterback situation, their quarterback play this whole year has just been not good. And it's hard to win with that, especially when your main focal point, your offense has been injured the majority of the year. Um, yeah, I don't know. They showed signs of life in the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, maybe it's part of the – I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't been great, but maybe the, the stability of just him in there, um, it was uh, – helped them. I uh, I don't think they – he. I don't think he should get fired. I think just wait it out. And this is only his third year, I believe, as head coach, and I don't think he will get fired. That contract was pretty big. I just looked it up, and it was – they signed him – they extended him in the beginning of 2020, seven years for 60 million. Um, I don't think they're going to move on from him. Yeah, yeah I, I'm in agreement. I don't. I, I think I I think they will. I wouldn't. Hmm. 
I Jack, it's actually this is only his second year. Oh, okay. So they didn't extend him, right? They just that was his first. Right, you're right, you're right. That was his first contract, sixty million for seven years in the beginning of 2020 before that season. So they went five and eleven last year. They're five and eight right now. I did look up the remainder of their schedule. It is uh, pretty brutal. They have Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. Uh, and three of those four are on the road. So I don't really anticipate them winning any of those games. Um, so the record's going to look about the same as last year. However, I would give him one more year. I don't think, uh, I think, like you said, he, he's been, the quarterback play has been really bad. And Teddy Bridgewater wasn't very great either last year. Um, so not a covering spread, Teddy. I don't want to take that as slander. Just, you're, you're okay. always you're always in my good grace. We understand. We understand. Um, but he, I think he needs one more year. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means getting out a veteran quarterback or uh, drafting a guy. If they drafted a guy, maybe that would buy him even more time. But I personally would not fire him. However, I think they, I think they will. Hmm. Last three, guy. Di- three different answers. Sorry, for the three of us. Shreff was a yes, yes. I was a. No, yes. If anything, if anything, I'm a yes, but I don't know if they will fire. I don't even know. We were three different answers. Some kind of combination. Last coach. I hope Joe, it's who I think it is. Joe Judge. Oh, it's not who I think it was. I have an honorable mention then. Okay. What do you guys think of Joe Judge? I think Joe Judge stinks. And I know that's harsh, but I, I don't, I don't, I actually, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a break. I, I, I do think the Giants' main problem is, is sitting up in their front office right now. Right. Um, so that's why it's a little tough. So that's why, that, actually, that, that, that honestly makes me think that they won't fire him. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's great. I still, I'm he's still, in, I'm still in the camp that I don't think they should fire him yet. And solely for the reason that uh, Gettleman's, He's really bad. Likely <laughs> gone after this season. So better be. Well, actually, a better GM. As an Eagles fan, I hope he stays. Get him a better GM. Get Joe Judge a better GM, and uh, he uh, we'll see what he can do with that. But yeah, I mean, he's not great. I but I would still say no and no. I'm in agreement. I'm going to go no and no. I'm more certain that they won't fire him. I'm a little less certain on whether I would fire him. However, I don't think I would. Uh, playing with Daniel Jones, who showed, I guess, a little bit of flash in the beginning of the year, but he's been in and out of the lineup uh, due to injury. So, you know, and you got Mike Lennon. So, <laughs> I don't know. They went 6-10 and 10 last year. They were certainly building a defense. I'd say the defense, I would say, take, took a little bit of a step back this year. They still got some pieces, though. So, I would give him one more year, similar to Matt Rule. These guys are only in their second year, so still figuring it out. And I do think, you know, in today's day and age, I think with quarterbacks and head coaches, we are a little bit on the more impatient side. I think we need to give these guys a little bit more time. So three years, I think, is enough, though. So if he's not showing more development next year, then I think it's time to part ways. But give him one more year, in my opinion. Shref, who's your honorable mention? I think I got it. Uh, Jack and I have a nickname for him. Oh, wait. Um, no, I don't. Okay. Thoughts on Pete Carroll. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise known as Meet Carroll. Meet Carroll. And that's that's not even our nickname. Kevin just made that up for no reason. 
Meet Carroll's not going anywhere. Nor he's well, not that's, going anywhere. That, that, I, I was more saying I, I know he's not going anywhere, but if it because I'm I'm in the boat where I I think Meet Carroll has been has been carried by a certain quarterback um, for the last few years, and now that their defense isn't as dominant as it was, I think the offense is being is being shown as not being where it needs to be. Absolutely not. I completely disagree. Hmm. Oh man. If the Seahawks had Russell Wilson for all their games, let's see. When did he get hurt? He got hurt in the Rams game. Yeah. Um, They'd probably win that game, no? That was a close game from what I remember. With what's it was Tavares, not Tavares Jackson. It was, it was, it was, Tavares Jackson died. Geno Smith. Geno came in for what? The whole like fourth quarter pretty much? Yeah. Or even more than that. Like most of the second half. Yeah. Seahawks would be eight and five if he was healthy all year. I agree with that. Think so? Yeah. Yes. They would have maybe beaten the Steelers. A, maybe maybe they, just they a meet Carol hater. They almost beat us. They almost beat us with uh, Geno Smith. So they would have beat us if they had Russ that game. They would have beaten the. I think they would have beaten the Rams. And after they played the Saints the next week, it was thirteen to ten. So they almost beat them on Monday Night Football with Geno Smith as well. I think that's three more wins. They're eight and five, and they're firmly in the playoff picture right now. And we're not even talking about this. Pete Carroll's a good, good coach. The players love him. He has a he's created a good culture in Seattle, um, and I think that yeah he shouldn't be going anywhere. Maybe I'm just a meat hater then. I think you are a meat hater. <laughs> sure, I th- I thought you were gonna say Mike Zimmer. Uh he he's another one of those guys where like if I I'm, I I always have a short leash with these kind of, like I don't know like uh, Zimmer I'd I'd probably consider too, but he's not going anywhere. I would definitely consider Mike Zimmer over. Meet Carol, though. You know, um, I forget. I don't think I've said this on here. Mike, Mike Zimmer over Meet Carol. Meet Carol. My, Mike Zimmer is currently the longest tenured head coach without a Super Bowl appearance. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm another never... thing. Like Pete Carroll, he's got he's Meet Carol. Sorry, he's got the the Super Bowl <laughs> pedigree. Yeah, he does. Right, back, right. So that's that's, that's why I don't think that, they don't time. I, yeah. I just brought it up for conversation. I'm never gonna not call him Meet Carol from now on. Yeah. I mean, you can thank it, Kevin for that. You can thank Kevin Carroll. Yeah, you, you, Carol say the other one. Yeah, Ty Meat Hill. Yeah, Kevin's random nicknames that make no sense and for there's no reason. Meat Carroll is so much better than Meat Carroll and Ty Meat Hill. <laughs> I, I don't know. Meat Carroll is so much better than Meat Carroll. So good. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, time before we move on to lock of the week, we're going to discuss some potential replacements for these guys. Right. I was going to um, ask that. I have seven written down we don't have to just like go into the depth of all of them i guess i'll just rattle them off and then you guys can kind of like say who you think stands out in your mind and if you have like a team that you think they would match up well with you feel free to share that as well but i'll just kind of say them and you guys can um chime in after i'm done here and also add anyone else i was forgetting as well but uh i have written down eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the kansas city chiefs Mm-hmm. Brian Dable, offense coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Josh McDaniels, offense coordinator of the New England Patriots. Byron Leftwich, offense coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. And Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Any of those stand out to you? Do you like more one more than an, any other one? Or... What do you guys think of those names? 
I always tend to have a bias for offensive coaches. I think especially with the way the league's moving now, I, I think it's important to have your main guy be an offensive-minded guy. I mean, the enemy's kind of stood out for a while, I feel like. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of him finding the right spot. I'm trying to think of these openings that could possibly be there. Like, like is it is Trevor Lawrence enough of a of a factor to make a like make a coach be like, I want to go coach Jacksonville? Definitely. 100%. I, I agree. I agree. But I, I think the enemy and I think I think Dable as well is another one that stands out. I think Jacksonville is like the most attractive. Mm, I, I that's tough. Huh. It's it's a very attractive head coaching I would say job Chicago because might, I think Chicago might be. Well, I think Jacksonville because the franchise is young and it's in such disarray now, and there's a a fantastic quarterback prospect to work with. Like the expectations are so low, and you have Trevor Lawrence to work with. So I think that makes it a very attractive coaching head coach job. I am just in the mindset that McDaniel's is never going to leave New England at this point. That's kind of where I'm at, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't see him leaving. Um, especially after this season, getting to work with, I don't know, a whole new generation of Patriots we're looking at here. Um, I guess I'd go with the enemy. I feel like that's kind of the the common one the past couple years. Um, but Dable, you're right. That's been a hot name, like going into last like last off season there it was hotter I, last off season than yeah. it probably will be this off season but right you can tell the foundations there i um what was i gonna say i don't know never mind i i um i agree with you jack i think jacksonville is a very attractive attractive spot i said this about the browns a few years ago as well before they kind of stabilized their uh franchise with stefanski i always thought like why wouldn't a coach want to be go to the Cleveland Browns? If you suck, everyone else sucked. You, yeah. you can't like blame it on one person. Like right. they, 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 you just think, no, no one's succeeding in Cleveland. Like it's, it's fine. But if you turn around, you're a hero. Like why wouldn't you want to go there? I think, I think part of it though, is that like, if I was, if I was a new head coach and I'm going into Cleveland, I'm already thinking to myself, I know that if we have a bad season, I'm probably on the hot seat. Cause I mean, up until Stefanski, they were kind of a like a a rotating revolving door, door yeah. a revolving door of coaches. So I feel like if I'm in that spot, I would want to consider someone. Now the Browns would be a very uh, good coaching job to have. But at the time, I feel like there were probably a lot of guys that were thinking like, I don't want to get to a team that's going to need three years to be where I want them to be, but then have a really bad first two years and they're like, get out. Certainly a fair point. And it's also, there's also the difference, though, that Jack brought up that Trevor Lawrence is uh, a generational talent where the Browns never really had anything yeah. close to that. So that's certainly a factor as well. I think Nathaniel Hackett's a pretty interesting one. Uh, he has been the offensive coordinator for Green Bay for three years now. Uh, and prior to that, he was the Jacksonville Jaguars coordinator. I know that may not sound like anything meaningful. However, you know, if you think about it, he was the Jags offensive coordinator from when they went to the AFC championship. No. Yeah. In, in 2017. So, and yes, the Jags team of 2017 was uh, obviously anchored by their elite defense. However, he had Blake Bortles playing Blake Bortles. Come on. Yes. He had Blake Bortles playing well enough. And Good football. I think he, you like maximized Blake Bortles as much as he could. 100%. So I think he's certainly an interesting name. Think he could go back to Jacksonville? Think that would happen or no? 
that'd be interesting. I didn't even think about that. You might so, be onto something, Jack. So he's only 41. He's relatively young. And um, yeah, he's he has experience in Jacksonville. So that's certainly a good point. So may, may, maybe he goes back there and uh, the Jags hire a familiar face. Who, that'd be he cool. Was, he was with the Jags from 2015 to 2018. And he was the quarterback's coach before the offensive coordinator. So he definitely um, knows the franchise. So I yeah, I could I could totally see that. That's certainly interesting as well. Um, you know, we, there's two defensive coaches I have right here, Patrick Graham and Todd Bowles. Uh, I think Todd Bowles, I wanted to discuss him briefly here. I think he's an interesting one. I know he didn't work out in New York. However, I don't think that's his fault either. I don't think he got a fair shot in determining whether he could be an effective head coach in the league. He's a mm-hmm. fantastic defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. Buck's defense has been fantastic since he's been there. And even prior, he was a good defensive coordinator. I think he was with the Jets, and I think they just promoted him, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. But yeah, he's always been a good so. defensive coordinator. Um, and it didn't work out for him at the head coaching level. But, again, I don't really think he got a fair evaluation in that. So I would be interested to see where uh, if he could, in a different environment, put together a, a good team. The idea of Chicago is kind of fun for him. Yeah, kind of revamping that defense. A that, lot of established guys there, and then you you bring in more of a, maybe like a college sort of offense offensive coordinator for fields to work with a little bit. No, there's something there. There's something there. I I, uh, I can see that. I hope if, if Todd Bowles does get a coaching job, I hope it's with the team like the Raiders or the Bears. Yeah. And I hope it's not with like the Texans. I agree. Because he deserves a fair shot. And I don't – whoever I mean – God bless whoever takes the Texans job. I don't know who that's going to be. <laughs> Poor soul. Urban Meyer. <laughs> that's probably why they, you know, were last because no one wants to take that job. So no. it's, it's tough. So I don't know where you go from that. If it's Urban Meyer, I don't, I, he could, I hope he fails, but <laughs> um, all right. I guess that's it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's going to, it's tough to see McDaniels leaving. Um, he's yeah. got a good gig there in, in uh, New England. So, is it time for lock of the week? I think so. It is. Let's lock it up. We were discussing before we hit the record button uh, how we did last week. And we said also at the top of the show, but we all went 2 0. So, no change in the standings. And we did really well. Our records as it stands today. Uh, sorry, I went to the lo- wrong note there. Shreff remains in first place at 13, 11, and 1. Jack remains in second at 12, 12, and 1. And I remain in third at 12 and 13. So one and a half games still separates us from first to third. And there's four weeks remaining to see who will be eating the chip live on the show. Shreff took the Ravens plus two and a half and Cowboys minus four. That hit. I took the Bucks minus three and a half and Titans minus eight and a half. And that hit. Jack took the Saints minus five and a half and the Seahawks minus seven and a half. And they both hit Jake, our guest, he went one for two. He also went Ravens plus two and a half. However, he foolishly bet against Teddy Bridgewater and took the Lions plus eight and a half. And he was wrong, of course. And we're on to week 15. I don't know who's up first. What else is new? It might be me. Let's I know, I know. The last two times I was on, I didn't go first. You know what? I'm going to start keeping track of this so we can kind of do it fairly going on. 
uh, going forward, I mean. So, Shref, you can go first now, and then um, let's just go in order of standings. So, right, Jack yeah. and me, and then we'll rotate. Jack will go first. I'll go second. Shref last next week. All so. right. This works out well then, because I have one that I'm pretty certain on, but I got to look around a little bit more for my second one. But for this first one, this is one of those ones where if you like, if you told me the matchup and you were like, what do you think the line would be? I would say the team that I'm picking would be like four or five point favorites right now. I'm taking the Pats plus two and a half against the Colts as my first lock. I feel like someone, I feel like there's another person who's probably thinking about that. Yeah. Um, that That's one of those, I'm, I'm just shocked that they're underdogs. They, I mean, it, I think it's pretty pretty logical to say that they're probably the hottest team in football right now i don't know if there's there, there's probably a couple teams you could argue with that but like i'm just not trying to overthink anything I, the colts have obviously been very good lately but if i'm taking just straight up matchup with, with this pat the way this this pat's defense has been playing recently plus the way their offense is humming with mac jones i plus two and odd you're giving me points with the pats yeah 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 go ahead jack Jordan, uh, do it. That, that was one of mine, but that was my second one. Mm. Um, I'll, hold on, Jack. I'll tell you what. If you do it, we're going to be picking over under because that's one of mine as well. Ooh, do it. If I do what? Because if remember, if we we decided on the on previously, if we all pick the same, we're going to pick a third one, and it has to be an over under. So if you do it, we're going to be doing an over under. Do it. All right. Yeah. Let's have. Some I'll do it then. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, so we'll you while I'm talking, you guys can think of your over under. I'll look at mine next, but my other pick, I'm going with the Falcons. Falcons plus nine and a half. That's a lot of points for two teams that have the same record or separated by one game. Uh, Falcons are winless at home. Uh, they're only they technically have one win at home, but that was the London game. So their home record's one and five. And what that would make their road record six and two and the Falcons are away this week. So um, I like them. I mean, possibly to win just going off record, but I like them to cover nine and a half points. I really like that one. I think that's certainly a solid pick. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot of points to cover. So that's interesting. A uh, quick word on the Pats, as that's also my pick as well. So we'll all either get a win or a loss there. I do my thing where I don't look at the lines. I just look at the teams playing, and I I, I guess who I think, uh, what I think the line would be. And I was, like like Shreff said, I was shocked. Yeah. I had the Patriots five-point favorites when I looked at the line. And I looked, and I'm like, what? Is that a mistake? Yeah. They're underdogs. Yeah, same. So I that, thought the same. That immediately jumped out that jumped out at me, and um, I just I don't understand that one whatsoever. My second pick, which I guess I'll just give my second pick, Shref, you can give your second pick sure. after this. I it's, it feels ugly. Does that give you guys a hint? No, there's a couple ugly games in my opinion, but go for it. Yeah, we're, roll, we're rolling with the Texans. Yeah, that, that's, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird to see the Jaguars as a four point as favorite. a favorite, yeah. <laughs> and not yeah, even like I mean, a two point, one point favorite, four points. It's more than yeah. a field goal. Got to win by like, a touchdown. I had this game as a pick 'em because I think it should be. I think the Texans are a slightly better football team. However, the Jags are at home and usually give a like a point or two to the team that's at home. 
I think it's three points to the team at home. Three points, but I I think uh, I thought this should be a pick 'em. They should not be four point favorites. I don't I don't get that one. You can't in good faith pick a, the Jags to cover. It's just not like it's not a. I don't know. I didn't get this one either, and it feels weird like feeling this confident in the Texans, and maybe that's going to be a mistake. However, I mean. It, it, someone has to win this football game. It's true. And I think it's going to be the Texans. So. Unless they tie. They could tie. And I'd still win the, the lock at that there, point. It's true. So. You would. True. Man, I do you guys see the over-under in the Browns-Raiders game? I do. 30 yeah. and a half. <laughs> That's so low. And the Jags-Texans, 39 and a half. So we have two over-unders that are in the 30s. Um, but, Shref, what is your... Before we get to the over/under, what's your um, second spread lock? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a little risky here because I'm gonna I'm gonna be finding out pretty soon whether or not I'm one and zero or zero and one going into the weekend. I'm gonna take the Chiefs minus three against the Chargers. No, we gotta take an over/under. I know, no, but he I didn't, he didn't get I haven't given my second lock yet. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, come on, Jack, figure it out. Get right. program. I'm looking it's at okay. something for mine. It's my okay. over/under. Okay. No, I'm gonna go Chiefs minus three. This is gonna be a week of riding the hot hands. Patriots have been hot. Chiefs have been really hot. Chargers have been one of those teams where they, they'll come out one week and look like the best team in football and then come out the next week and look like they don't know how to play football. And last week they came out and looked like a very good team. So I'm anticipating that little, uh, you know, going down a little bit. But more than anything, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are hot right now. That defense is starting to figure it out a little bit. And Mahomes is still Mahomes. Ty Meat Hill is still Ty Meat Hill. Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey, so give me the Chiefs minus three. I don't know if it's different on uh, DraftKings, but on FanDuel, it's minus three. Yep, we got minus three over here. Cool. That's my second one. Man, I don't know. This is tough. tough. It's tough. To do a spontaneous over-under. Spontaneous over-under is a rough one. Hmm. I have mine. I mean, if you want to go, you can go ahead. Let's go for it. Why not? I'm, I'm taking an under. What is it? I'm taking Titan Steelers under 41 and a half. Mm. I don't know if I like that one. I don't like that either. I like you the over say, in that one. You can say whatever you want to say because it's my pick. Pick it, Mitchell. Pick the over. It's my do it. Come do on, it. Mitchell. I, we I need dare, this. I dare someone to do it. We need this, Mitchell. Do it. If you're that confident, take it. Put your money where your mouth is. Go ahead. Say your explanation first. I don't really have much. It, 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 it just feels like an under game. I don't know that <laughs> the Titans have been weird these last couple weeks. Like, I mean, I, I understand that they, that they uh, shut out Jacksonville, but what was that? 20 to nothing. Uh, yes. 20 to I, I just feel like it, it's two, it's two offenses that don't move the vault. Like the way they play their offense is a very methodical approach. Like, like, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of like, a lot of like 80 yard, like quick scores with these two teams. So I, I, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not really saying that they have bad offense because I don't think either of them have a necessarily like really bad offense. I just don't think the scores are going to be coming as, as quickly as they would need to, to hit this number. Fair enough. Do it. Jack, go ahead. Um, Someone. Do it. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do over in the Rams Seahawks. I like that 45. Uh, past three weeks, Rams have scored 30 points, 37 points, and 28 points. Past two weeks, Seahawks have scored 33 points and 30 points. So both offenses have been rolling as of late. And I, regardless of that, I expect this to be kind of a little shootouty. Um, 
two solid teams that I don't know, just I can just see a lot of points being scored, a lot of fancy implications um, happening here in LA or is it in Seattle? I don't know. It's in LA. In LA, yeah. It's forty five, right, Jack? It helps. Yeah, forty five. Like I could see this being, I don't know, twenty eight, thirty seven, like something like that. Well, man, that's crazy. I'm really debating between two. I don't know. One's an over, one's an under. Go against me. Do it. Go against Ref. Well, the, the over is going against Ref. Oh, come Just on. Just do it. Do it. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just... Again, I don't really know if I have an explanation. I just I think that's too low. That's too low, man. Yeah, I'm on Mitchell's side. I think this last words. I think I think teams both teams are gonna score. Like um, the Titans defense, I know they shut out the Jags, but like they're nothing special. I think we're gonna move the ball on them. Yeah. How's your old line been the last few weeks? From the past few weeks, like decent, okay. Then suffered some injury, and then last on Thursday, not good, but okay. So shaky. Yeah, really. My my only real explanation for it was I just I, I I feel like these two teams are run a very not a not a really slow offense, but like they they're like like you're not going to have those chunk plays throughout the game. Like I I, I feel like it's going to take a lot to score to score a touchdown. I mean, many Steelers ran here. Like Steelers show that they can do it. It's so frustrating in the oh, I know fourth I quarter. Know. Like we did it in the Chargers game. The we Chargers did it like when we're down so much. Like we. <laughs> Like Ben is washed. I I'm not trying to stand up for Ben, but like he's still capable of like doing that. You know, like he's shown he can do it. It's just uh, we just play way too conservative to start the game. It's very frustrating, but and I kind of feel like that that's gonna happen. We will see. And we've had bad secondary or corners. And is Julio playing? He is. Yes, that could be something. I don't know. The game I was debating between was going back to the ugly game and doing the under in the Jags Texans game. <laughs> you it's can't double. That's too low. That's at thirty nine and a half, I think. Right, Jack? Do you know how bad these two offenses are? It's you also, not you also low. like in in too your high. right mind, in your right mind, you just can't double up on on Texans Jags. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I just wanted to. St- I already, yeah. I mean, this game, I think it's going to be like a. 13 to 9 game. 5 3. Yeah, one of those. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> and it's embarrassing. Like the yeah. Jags should be able to like win. They should win you this game think. by four. You would think. But they, they're not going to because they're not good. And Irwin, like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. So, all right. That's our uh, episode, folks. We all, if we all like the Patriots plus two and a half, that seems like a mistake in our eyes. So I don't know if they know something that we don't, but we were all on that immediately. So, all right. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Be sure to share it with your family, your friends, your enemies, your dental hygienists. Before we close out, do we have a random breaking news? I don't know if we do. I, I, I was peering through Twitter. I haven't seen anything random enough to warrant sharing. I can't hear you. You're not in your microphone. That's a good point. Um, I haven't found anything that's been uh, that, that's warranted sharing. Uh, I'll, I could share something that's 
not going to mean anything. It kind of cool. sounds like it could be, but it won't. I can guarantee you, like, nothing's going to happen because of this. Uh, cool. Javante Williams was limited with a knee issue Wednesday in practice. My random breaking news of the episode is the Charlotte Hornets are up 46 to 29 against the San Antonio Spurs the end of the first quarter. Oh, I got that alert too. Do you have alerts for that? Uh, I, it's just ESPN. Yeah, I have ESPN alerts for the for the Hornets, and I really don't know why. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know why? why. You, 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 of course, you have alert. You, you're a huge. Come on. That's definitely one of those things where you were like excited about them, so you're like, I'm gonna turn my notifications on for them. And now you're sitting here forgetting why you did it. When? Like for Lamelo? Yeah, I don't know. You you, you like the Hornets? I get. I I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was the whole thing when you said they're gonna make the playoffs. Ah, yeah. uh, that must have been yeah. it. That's that gotta be it. it. Okay. You were heavily invested. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on all the socials uh, at Hogline Podcast. And we will catch you next week with another episode. See you. Peace, love, prosperity, happiness, joy, and everlasting love. Amen. <laughs>